Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always truth. It's always on time. Father, thank you for the people you have at this appointed time to hear your truth. God, thank you for restoring people and their relationships this morning because of your great love for them. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given it to us to speak freely. Thank you for allowing us to see Jesus in every situation of our lives. And thank you, Father, that we have hope, a confident expectation of good because of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. A to the man. Y'all ready? Restores. Right? My wife and I have been watching TV lately, and lately, <laughs> since we were kids. We, we've been, we've been, but there's a show that we watch now. It's called, uh, what's it called? Flip, flip, flop, flip, flop, um, flip or flop, Vegas. Flip or flop, Vegas. And uh, it's a cool restoration show. Anybody you guys like that on the home and garden TV and all that stuff? And, and you really feel like, if I just had all the tools, I can do this, baby, right? And let me go to Lowe's. And she's like, no, don't, don't, no, don't go to Lowe's. Um, but uh, it's cool because this couple reminds me of, of my wife and I. And, and she's, uh, she's a little blonde, like, diva. And she makes no apologies for it. Right, babe? And he, uh, it should be obvious, but he's like an MMA fighter. Why I think that we're like. So we love that show, man. It is awesome. I, we kind of flip around, but they restore houses that are old in Vegas, and, and they glam them up, and it's that's what she says, glam up. I never use the word glam. They glam them up. But I love those shows because you get to see the, the beginning of it, right? They always show the before picture and then the after picture. And it is so cool to see what they do uh, as far as uh, what it looks like with our physical eyes. How many of you guys have ever seen a person that has been restored? Because this is the cool thing. My wife said to me, uh, they're like us. You know, they remind us of each other. But, but they restore houses and we restore people. Amen. And that, that's kind of what we all do. We, we, we're in the business of, of letting people know that God has restored them. Amen. And it's our job to convey that message. It's our role, I should say, to convey that message that God is a good God. He's a God of restoration. And he's already done it. But it's cool to see people that have been restored, you know, that went from, from down and out, no hope, to hope. It's just a wonderful story. Uh, a lot of times we, the Avenger movie came out this, this, this weekend, and it's sold out all over the place, and people are getting angry and, you know, and all that stuff. And, and these are like superheroes, but they're really just people. Man, you want to see a superhero come tonight? I mean, just see see people that are survivors. See people that, that were in a dark place with no hope, and now all of a sudden they have hope. That, to me, is a hero. And it's given to them by the greatest hero ever. The only hero that has truly ever given their life for somebody. That they, I mean, not just one person, but the entire world. The only person that was rejected by heaven, earth, and hell at the same time. When he was on the cross. There's only one person. His name is... Jesus, he's such a hero. And to be able to see him change somebody is one of the greatest things ever. If you guys knew me in high school, you, there's people that have come into this church that went to high school with me. Their jaw was dropped. They were like, you know, and after church, they always say, do you remember when we were, uh, and I was like, that's We're all like that at some point in time, amen? So restoration is a good thing, especially when it's from the Lord. So today's message is restored to favor. 
favor. Like favor is, is something we don't deserve. It's something we don't earn. You can't earn it. It's something freely given to you. And I want to show you where that word comes from. All right. So let's go right into the word. John 1.17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came. Came. Amen. It's personal. You can give, you can send a letter, right? You can give a letter to somebody, but when you show up, it's personal. And that's what Christ did. And people say, hey, man, yeah, I always say, you, you, can't, you can't just preach uh, grace. you got to have some truth in it, too. And they're talking about the law. Well, here it says the law was given through Moses. So you got the law on one side, and you got grace and truth on the other side. Grace and truth are standing with Jesus. Who is grace and truth? Moses represents the law. Jesus is grace and truth. He's full of grace and full of truth, right? So here's another scripture, John 8, 32. We know this one. We've heard it all the time. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, he's talking to Jewish people. They know the law. So if the truth was the law, he wouldn't have said, you're going to know the truth. What they didn't understand was what grace was all about. They didn't understand that grace was standing right in front of them, telling them, hey, you're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. Free from what? Sin. Much more than just sin. Free from the law. Free from having to perform in order to be accepted by God. Not anymore. He performed on your behalf. Now you are accepted by God. You are qualified by Him because of the blood of Jesus. Amen? All right, so are we on law ground? Where do we stand? Do we stand on law ground still? Or are we on grace ground? Because, man, there's two different things there. And people say, hey, you still got to keep the law. You still got to do this. If we still have to keep the law, then why does the Bible say over and over again that Christ is the end of the law? In, finis, finisio. Just making up words now. That, that is a word. I think it's Italianish. Fenicio. Try that next time you go to Pizza Hut. So, what? That's true, authentic Italian food, by the way. What is the function of the law? What's the purpose of the law? Yeah, it's in Scripture, guys. It's not. It's not hard. It was hard for me because I had spiritual blinders on for so long. It ain't hard anymore. Romans five twenty. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. That's why the law was given. So that you would see, <laughs> you need help. You can't make it to heaven. You can't, you can't get close to have a relationship with God unless you realize first that that's why the law came, to make your sin abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Sin, listen, the law is good. It's holy. It's perfect. Not against the law. I mean, God made it. But God loved people. And he knew no one by the, by, by the law could, could be perfect. And that's the whole reason Christ came. He is our perfection. We are accepted because of what Christ did. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Now I add a couple of verses if it's on the back of your bulletin and you have a problem with it. Take it up with Miss Kathy. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 15. 
Uh, I, put 50, I put the verse before and after so we can see some context. It says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. Sin. That word sting there literally means deadly weapon. The deadly weapon of sin, right? The deadly weapon of death is sin. And the strength of sin, the power of sin is the the law, not the grace message. Are you giving people a license to sin? No. The Bible says that the, the power of sin is the law. So the more I teach you about the law, the more I'm enabling the power of sin in your life. So it's not the grace message. It's the law that gives people a license to sin. Amen? See that? So the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. See, he doesn't just leave you there. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us the victory over what? <clears throat> over death. That's what it says. We have victory over death because Christ did it for us. But is it just death? Listen. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, Hades, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin. So we think about death, the death. But even before death, there's a deeper root. Sin. Sin. Sin is the power of death. So he's given us victory over sin, but not just sin. What's the power of sin? The law. So you got death. The power of death, the sin is, is death, right? You got sin, and then you got the law. The law is the root, and that's why Christ overcame it for us. We are not under law. You guys understand? All right. Galatians 3. But the scripture has combined all under sin. All of us. We're all sinners. We'll make light of that. We are. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Um, <clears throat> why? That the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, who is faith in this story? It's Jesus. He's our faith. Amen? So it says before Jesus came. Before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. The law was our tutor, our schoolmaster, our babysitter, right? Kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Jesus would afterward be revealed. For a while there, they were under law. But once Christ came, once faith came, what happens? Sorry, my throat. Therefore, the law was our tutor. To bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. We are justified by faith. You cannot be justified by the law. We are justified by faith. Uh, but after faith has come, question, has faith come? Yeah, Christ already did it. So faith has come. We are no longer under a tutor. We're no longer under the law, church. And if people would get that and understand that, they would be so free. The free. Because they would know the truth and it would set them free. So look at Colossians 2 and 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now hold up. How did you receive Jesus? Did you do it by, by working? Did you do it by keeping the law? No, you did it by faith. 
You did it by faith. It's the grace of God that give, has given you that. So he's saying as you receive Jesus by faith, by grace, walk that way. Now, when you come down in some churches, and I did this when I was doing this earlier in my spiritual life. You try to get people to come down and then they accept Jesus and the love that Jesus has for them and that he completely has forgiven them. And then, and then you do all that. They're up here sobbing. You introduce them to the church, right? And then you're like, man, as soon as you guys complete the 10-week course, you will be official members of the community of Jesus Christ, right? And so it's like, I always say, it's like, it's like we, we introduce Jesus to them and they, and, they, and they just feel loved. And then we say, okay, Jesus, step off the stage. Moses, come over here, man. I want you to meet Moses. For the next 10 weeks, you're going to be spending time with him, learning the truth, right? And it's like, oh, my God, you just threw away everything you just did, right? doesn't make sense. But that's, that's, that's what we do. That's what I used to do. Not anymore. Like, Jesus is here. I'm walking off the stage. Go ahead, Jesus, right? Trust the Lord to take care of him. Teach him. So that's what the Bible says. God says, I will put my laws in their heart. I will do it. You won't have to do it anymore. And I'd rather him do it. I'll jack him up. I have jacked people up. Some of you are counselors like, yeah, I'm going to see another counselor now because of what he did to me. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. All right. <clears throat> so as you received him, that's how he wants you to walk. By grace, by faith. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. You know what established in the faith means? That means you firmly planted in faith. Not in law, not in your works, not in you doing something. You're firmly planted in the faith of Jesus. Amen? Uh, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Be thankful for it. Be thankful and full of joy for being established in the faith. Not in the law. There's no joy in the law. It's the power of sin. There's no joy in sinning. Amen? Romans 7. They, the people just misunderstand Paul all day long. I did forever, right? But the Lord just opened my eyes up to it. And some of you guys have taught me stuff through this too as well. I love how God reveals Jesus in all these chapters. It's beautiful. Paul says, or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the? Now listen, not the grace message. He says, I speak to those who know the law, right? The ministry of death and condemnation. That the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. So you got Mr. Law and you got the bride. You got God's people. Mr. Law is perfect. He likes everything done just right. Coffee at a certain temperature. Eggs cooked a certain way. Mr. Perfect. Nothing wrong with Mr. Perfect, except that he's perfect. Right? And so the woman is married to him as long as the law lives. Mr. Law lives. Otherwise, she's an adulteress. Look. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as it is. But the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. She's released from him. The law has to die for the woman, the bride, to be released from it. Are you with me? This has nothing to do with like a, a real house 
husband and wife. Everybody's like, let's do a marriage seminar on that. That's not what it's about. Okay, thank God. It's, it's, are you saying thank God that we're not doing a marriage? So, so, so I got to have a lot to answer for after church today. Anybody want to take me to lunch? Just me? So, Mr. Law is perfect. The bride can't do anything about it. Married to him. All right? So if then while her husband lives, she marries another man, she'll be called an adulteress. <clears throat> but if her husband dies, if Mr. Law dies, she is free, free from that law. She's free from it so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law. You're dead to the law. Through how? Through the body of Christ. Jesus is the only one that can make you dead to the law. When people say you got to keep the Ten Commandments, you got to memorize the Ten Commandments, say no. If they say, hey, you'll get a chocolate bar if you can tell me all Ten Commandments in order, say keep your chocolate bar. I'll just go buy one. I'm free. Amen? Don't be trying to bribe me with chocolate. <laughs> I know, right? There's a lot of people like, hey, speak for yourself, man. <laughs> Uh, that, that just happened to me on vacation Bible school. Did I sound like I was angry or bitter toward you? All right. Uh, you become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another man, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. How do you bear fruit to God? You have to be dead to the law. Look at it. That's the result of knowing that you were dead to the law. You bear fruit to God. Here's it. You gotta you gotta be holy. You gotta you gotta you gotta produce fruit, man. You gotta get out there and do stuff. You gotta, man. That's putting you back under law. It very clearly says Christ didn't just. Christ provided the death for you. He died to the law. His death was our death. To the law, he's the end of the law. He, he, we've become dead to the law that we may be married to another man. Who? Jesus. He provided you the death to Mr. Perfect, and then he became Mr. Perfect for you. Now he cooks you eggs. Because he supplies everything. Amen? Now, ladies, would you rather be married to someone that, that wants everything perfect? What was that movie where you had to have the cans just right? Sleeping with the enemy. That dude was like strict, right? Crazy, man. That Mr. Law. <laughs> now now y'all gonna watch that and be like, that, that's that's the law. <laughs> but he's so strict. The law, listen, there's no gray area. It's black and white. God made it that way. It's holy. But how many of you guys know that Christ is greater than the law? And he became our death. We couldn't die because we had sin. We're not perfect, but he was. He died. He became our death to the law. Now God says, I'll do that. I'll put them. And people will be like, hey, if you, if you, if you, you still got to keep the law, you still got to do some stuff. This says that when I realize I'm dead to the law, then I become fruitful. And it works today, I tell you. I, I was telling uh, Mr. Paul last night that I've done more. I feel like I'm, I, I, I do more for the Lord today than I did when I was serving all those years as a deacon um, and, and ministries and stuff. Yet, I don't even feel like I'm doing it. But I know I'm doing more today. But I don't feel like it. Back then, I had to be at the church every time the doors were open. You know why? Because I was trying to redeem myself. 
I was trying to pay for my own sins by, by serving. It doesn't work. How many of you guys know that? It doesn't work. <clears throat> Having said that, don't just quit doing stuff in the church. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to need two weeks notice. I'm just joking. All right. Uh, so what's the opposite of bearing fruit to God? For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by what? The grace message? The law. Do I have to explain to you what sinful passions are? They're aroused by the law, not by the grace message. You, the Satan's done a great job of twisting that in the church today. Listen. Sinful passions are aroused by the law. The strength of sin is the law. You, you guys getting it? So here it is. You, you, you put a sign up there that says, don't do something. Don't enter this door. That happened when we went to see the Blue Man Group. I was, I was a chaperone. So don't ask me to be a chaperone. We went to the Blue Man Group and said, don't enter. Staff only. I was thinking, I bet there's a blue-headed dude behind the door there. So I was like, it was locked, but I tried it. I, actually, I was being deceitful because I was like, going to act like my butt. I was like, this. oh, hey, guys. Right? It was locked, though. Um, but anyway, you see a sign. You, you, you just, there's something in us, a sinful nature that wants to break it. Amen? Cookies. Your wife tells you not to eat the cookies. Just came out of the oven. You're like, why did you do that? That's just wrong. It's smelling up the house. How many have done that? Here's bacon. My wife's frying up bacon. I'm eating it as she puts it on the napkin. Anybody else? You can't just fry up a whole thing of bacon without tasting one piece first. If you can, you are a miracle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? I could eat that. I love bacon. God, I love, thank you, Lord. Let's just thank the Lord for bacon right now. <laughs> I am really, that's it. Y'all have a great weekend. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, so uh, the sinful passions arise by the law. They were working our members to bear fruit to death. So you can bear fruit to life and have fruitfulness when you realize the law is gone. But if you're under the law, it bears fruit to death. Really death. Why? Because you get so stressed, and stress leads to sickness, and sickness is the beginning of death. Amen? That's how it works. I love this. But now. Say, but now. Put an emphasis on the but. But now. But now. We have been. That's some past, present stuff right there, isn't it? Past, present stuff. We, we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by. Church, the law puts you in bondage. It makes you feel like you're not worthy. It makes you feel like you're not qualified because you fail. That's what we do under the law. It's what it was designed for, right? So having died to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. The oldness of the letter in context right there is the Ten Commandments. Now we're led by the Holy Spirit, not by the law. And with the Holy Spirit, we have life. If you live by the law, it's death. 
Amen? All right. Check out this word. This is the, now this is, we had been delivered. This is the word for delivered, okay? Uh, it's katergio, katargio, whatever. All right, to render idle, unemployed. <laughs> the law is unemployed right now. Don't try to employ it. All right, inactivate, inoperative, to cause a person or thing to have no further efficiency, to deprive of force, influence, and power. Uh, to cause, to cease, put an end to. That's what Christ did to the law. When, that's why it says he delivered us from the law. The word delivers all that. That's what he did for us. So don't let people put you back under law. You got to do this. You got to do this. No, you don't. You need to rest. You need to rest in what he's done for you. And then you become fruitful. That's why Paul says, hey, I labor more than all these guys, yet not I. But the grace, the favor of God in me. Once Paul knew he had favor, he did more. That's what I'm telling you. I feel like I do more now. I don't even feel like I do more, but I know I do more without having that feeling of doing more. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all like, Two lifestyles. Got two lifestyles right here. All right, check this out. They're found in Galatians. But that no one is justified by the law. No one is justified by the law on the side of God. It's evident. For the just shall live by faith. So lifestyle one is you live by faith. You live by faith here is, when it comes to Christ in the, in the Greek, is believing that Christ is the Messiah and you have everlasting life in him. Okay? So listen. The just shall live by knowing that you are righteous. Knowing that you have been made righteous by Jesus. You can live that way. Or you can live the next way. Verse 12. Yet the law is not of faith. But the man who does them shall live by them. So if you want to be under law, you got to live by the law. You got to keep the law. Can anyone do it? Mm. Even if you say I can keep 9 out of 10. That's great, dude. But the one is going to stop you from moving forward. Because if you break one... You break them all. That's what the word says. Amen? So you can live by faith and believing that you're righteous by faith, or you can live by the law and keeping the law. Two options. So look at this, the word for uh, live, because it's important, guys. It's not just live like you're going to live. This is what the word live means. It's zao. Now, zoe is a different word for life, right? Zao is different here. Uh to live, breathe, be among the living. Not lifeless, not dead. To enjoy real life. Vine says it's the maintenance and enjoyment of life. Here. Not when you get to heaven. You can enjoy life right now. See the definition. <clears throat> Jesus said this. Man does not live on bread alone. But by the very word of God. Amen? So the word live there is zao, that, that we can have. We can enjoy life right now. We can enjoy life right now. That's what he's saying. So we can either live by faith and enjoy life or live by the law and experience guilt, shame, death, condemnation, all those things. Right? Which do you prefer? That's the question. Which do you prefer? Because some people will try to put you back in law. 
That's why you see a lot of churches dying. You see a lot of people walking away from the church. You see, and it's because there's such a, a um, like a barrier there. Like you feel like you can't be one of those guys who's holy and fruitful. Meanwhile, you pull back the curtain, you see that's not the case. Amen? All right, check this out. John 4, this is just an example. John 4. How many of you guys remember Jesus' first miracle? Anybody know what it was? Turning water into wine, right? And it was in Cana. Cana. This is the second miracle, also in Cana, right after that. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. This dude was like, Jesus, please come before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your son lives. The word lives there is zao. Your son is enjoying life right now. That's what he said. Now, he could have said healed. But here to Jesus, they're both the same. They're both the same. You want to be healed? You want to, it's the same thing as saying your son lives. Your son is enjoying life. And, and people that are enjoying life, that's a sure sign that they are healed. So to Jesus, they're one and the same. See that? He clearly could have said, your son is healed. Because he's done that before. But here he says, your son lives. So the man believed. The man believed. He believed by faith. He couldn't see. They didn't have cell phones. Amen? Well, no Facebook posts. None of that. The man believed. Jesus said, he spoke, your son lives, your son zao, your son is healthy. Your son is enjoying life. And it says the man believed. He believed by faith, yes? All right. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. Jesus like, do you believe the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Little Chris uh, Tucker for you. I love that guy. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> You want me to do Jackie Chan? Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so the man believed the words that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Your son, Zao. Your son is healthy. He's enjoying life right now. How do I know that Jesus can mix life and healing together? Check this out. Um, then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. That's sickness. But Jesus said, your son, Zao, your son, is enjoying life. They're one and the same. When you realize what Christ has done for you, you enjoy life, and your body is manifested in it as healing. That's just beautiful, man. All right, so the father knew, he knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son, Zao, your son lives. And he himself believed. That's the key, church. You can live by faith or you can live by checking a box. I've done both. Living by faith is more fruitful, more productive. All right, the second, this is the second. Oh, I love this. He believed. And when the, when the leader of the house believed, guess what happened? His whole household believed. You know, when your dad has great faith, and you see it, I didn't see it growing up. But I hope my kids see it in me. When you have faith, man, your whole household starts to see what Jesus is doing in people's lives. My kids didn't know me when I was in high school. Thank you, Jesus. There was no Facebook when I was in high school. Thank you, Jesus. Because they'd be able to go back. 
My, listen, my record is sealed because I was under 18. <laughs> Y'all like, what'd he do? Buy me lunch, I might tell you. <laughs> but we on film right now, so I'm not going to film. Can you say film anymore? We're being recorded on a cell phone right now, so I can't. So that, this, again, is the second sign Jesus did when he had come into Judea. See, it's the second sign. I told you I wasn't lying to you. But he, the, the dad believed by faith. And, and he saw he had life. His son had life. And when his son had life, he believed. And his whole family had life. It's beautiful, man. All right. So you can either live by believing or by doing. Every day when you wake up, if you say, I got to do this. I got to do this in order to be accepted by God. I got to read this chapter. And you start reading. It means nothing to you. You're just checking a box. There's no relationship. You're just reading it to check a box. Or you can live by faith. God, give me a word today. Give me a word today. I'm good. Okay, that's all I need, Lord. The Lord is good. Is the Lord good in just good times? No. When stuff happens in your life, when crap happens in your life that you don't expect, guess what? God's still good. And he gave you that word in the morning. You've been meditating on it all day. And when something smacks you upside the head, you're like, wait a minute, God is good because you've been meditating on it all day. Amen? You don't have to just read to check a box. You can either wake up every morning believing or wake up every morning performing. It's up to you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, believing is the way to go. We just saw that with that, with that man. All right, last portion of Scripture, Romans 5. Therefore, having, oh, having been, not trying to be, therefore, having been justified, by faith, if you're in Christ, if it, which is faith, you have been justified. Amen. We just saw that earlier in another book. We, we're not trying to have peace with God. We have peace with God, right? We have it. Have peace with God. How? Through, Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we get it. Through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand. We are standing in grace, in favor. How? Because of what Jesus did. One, we've been justified, step one. Two, we have peace with God right now. We're not trying to get it. Once you know you're justified, guys, you have peace with God. After you have peace with God and you realize that it all came from Jesus, you now have access to God's favor. Amen? That's the process. And Christ has done it all, right? We stand in that. We stand in that grace and rejoice in hope of glory of God. We rejoice in our confident expectation of good from God. And not only that, I love this, because that's good news. We have faith. We've been justified. Man, Paul's like, not only that, check this out. Have you ever been so excited? Amen? Have you ever been so excited? you you just like, man, not only that, but then this happened. I remember when Kelly first told her parents about me. She's like, Mom, he's good looking. Not only that, he is smart. Not only that, man, he's athletic, right? I just remember her saying that. I was outside the window listening to her. <laughs> it's just like more good news, yes? I didn't mean to ruin this story. It's, it, literally, he's like, man, I got more good news. I got more good news. So, and rejoice in the hope of glory. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. God is good even in tribulation. Why? Because he makes it all work for us. Even in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. 
I am who I am today because of all the crap I did to myself and others did to me, right? But I know the Lord got me out of it. And my character today is based on what Christ has done for me. There's no testimony without a test. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character, hope. At the end of the day, we have a confident expectation of good coming our way. That's literally what the word hope means, LPs. A confident expectation of good coming my way. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out on our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit was given to us. And, and, and His love is, has, has been poured out in our hearts. It has been, right? For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Aren't you glad it doesn't say godly? It doesn't say Christ God died for the godly. He died for the ungodly. If you're godly, you don't need them. Everybody needs them. We're all sinners. He died for the ungodly. Sometimes the church forgets that and thinks he just died for the people that are in the church. He died for the ungodly out there too, just like he died for the ungodly on the stage right now. Amen? For scarcely for a righteous man will, will, will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ doesn't bless you because you're good. That'll never happen. You got to get right before God will bless you. You got to get right before God will heal you. That's a lie. Because we were not right when God gave us Jesus, who is all those things to us. Amen? We got the best that heaven had to offer in the midst of our sin. While we were still sinning, Christ died for us. And this is it right here. All right. Much more then. You remember that? Not only that, much more. He is the God of much more. Much more than having now been. He's like, hey, just in case you forgot. Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. If someone comes to you and says, there's going to be a second judgment for you, God's going to pour his wrath out on you, take him here. Say, not for me. I, my wife and I saw the shack. One of my favorite scenes in that movie is where he's, on the ta- he's at the table and he, and, and, he, and he walks up to her and she's got glasses on, Papa, and, and they're talking Anyway, he, he walks up and he says, you know, you're catching some rays? And she's like, you have no idea how much stuff I'm doing right now, right? And you just think that's what God does. He's doing so much, we have no idea what he's doing. But, but one of the things he said was, um, was uh, they were talking about wrath at the dinner table. And, you know, you're going to pour out your wrath on people that are, you know, evil. And, and she was like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. My wrath has been settled. All that wrath was put on Jesus, Right? All that wrath. The only, the only thing that is going to send people to hell is rejecting the payment for their sin. Jesus. Sin's been paid for. All sin has been paid for on the cross. The only second judgment, the only wrath that's going to come is because they rejected the payment. Right? And, and, and let's, so let's tell people that all sin is paid for. Let's not help them reject the payment by telling them how bad they are. 
Because you know what that does? That says, I'm not worth it. I know what I've done, and I don't deserve it. That's when we say, you're right, you don't. But that's what he did for you. I didn't deserve it either. But he loved me, right? They need to know about his love, church. All right. Uh, saved from wrath through him. Saved from wrath. We are saved from wrath through Jesus, okay? Uh, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. That's how we were reconciled, through the death of his son. Much more. Having been reconciled. Church, you've been reconciled. Stop trying to be reconciled to God by your effort. Start realizing you're already there. You have been reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. And not only that. It's like more good news. It's like Kelly going to dinner with me. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We, guys, we have already been reconciled to God. People say, be reconciled to God. I am. Romans 5. Go read it. You are too if you're in Christ. That's the good news. We have been reconciled. And don't just read it for reconciled. What does reconciled mean? What does it mean? Well, let's look. Exchange of the business of money changers. Exchanging equivalent values. You're reconciling something. Adjustment of a difference. Reconciliation. Restoration to favor. When I saw that, I was like, oh my, you. That's unbelievable. We have been restored to the favor of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. What man, if you go on to read, Man, what, 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 what Adam did in the garden, Christ has reconciled us back to the garden. Like, God did everything in the garden. All Adam had to do was name stuff. Giraffe. Buzzard. That's all he had to do. Woman. No, he didn't say but, but all he had to do was name stuff. The Bible says that God made the garden and put man in it. He just had to sit there. Butt naked by a stream. Laying out. That's all he had to do, church. God put man in the finished work, and now he did it again. Much more. That's what Jesus did. And that's where we are today. We can't get bogged down thinking that God is against us because we mess up. We got to know right then and there, we have been reconciled. The moment you make that transfer in your mind, the quicker you get up. And the quicker you produce more fruit for the Lord. People need to see that you fall. They need to see you fail. But then they need to see, more importantly, that you get back up and you keep walking. You're not a hypocrite. You just know who you are. And it's not easy. It's not easy, is it? Because all shame and guilt are so powerful. But the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Start quoting these powerful verses that you have access to. Because that's the life changer. It's the word that changes your life. What word are you saying? What word are you thinking? What word are you meditating on? You have been reconciled, church. Now rise up, walk, be fruitful, and multiply. Amen? Done. I am done. He is done. Stand up. Let's give him praise. Amen. He's not done. I could stay here all day. Anybody else want to do that?
Wow. Me neither. Let me, uh, let me make this announcement before we pray. Um, I think we might need a little bit of help at Remnant Farms today. If you can come out and help uh, do a little bit, maybe 30 minutes or so. Setting up, that would be great. I know that Kendra and them are over there this morning. We can only get in there this morning because they had an event there yesterday. Um, if you want to do that, please get with me at the church. Also, if you want to support the ministry by buying a ticket, I'll have them back in the back. Um, you can buy them directly from me. And if I run out, guys, we'll, we'll figure something out where you can still still get in there. Um, that, that event starts at, the doors open at 5 over at Rimba Farms, but uh, we'll be here from 4 to 6 with, with Mr. Paul Young uh, so you can take pictures and get an autograph. Cool. He's going to give his testimony, man. It's pretty powerful. I wish there was some way that we could do both. We can't. If you can't make it out of that, I encourage you to come support Colton tonight as he uh, he performs here at the church. Um, there's two ways you can support your church, people in your church, and that's the, the two. One at Remember Farms, one here supporting Col Colton as he, as he performs. All right. Um, that's all I got, man. Y'all ready to pray? Pastor D. That is a man of God. How many of you guys are thankful for Pastor Dwayne, man? <laughs> me, me too, man. Well, uh, we're going to let Pastor Dwayne lead us out in prayer. If you need prayer requests, if you have a prayer request and you want to pray, just find one of us afterwards. We'll, we'll get a group together to pray with you. We'll, we got oil. We got whatever you need. The Lord is there for you. Amen. If you're looking for a church, this is who we are. It's what we believe. Uh, this, this is, uh, this is something that, that we'll never go back from. We understand what the Lord, the, that he gave us, he put us on the same page for a reason. Um, and more importantly, if you don't know who Jesus is, man, please come up and see me, man. I want, let the Holy Spirit bring you here. Let the Holy Spirit draw you in, man. That you want to be set free from religion. You want to be set free from, from the guilt and the shame. Let me pray a prayer with you, man. You will walk out of here different than when you came in. I can promise you that. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your word that is good. It is life to our bones, Lord. It brings about health and strength, Father, to us. We thank you, Father, for reminding us of all of your precious promises, Father, that are yes and amen, God. We thank you for equipping us with your word. We thank you, Jesus, for giving us the same power and authority that's been given to you and for sending us out, Father, with this gospel, this good news. We thank you, Father, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the power of God to salvation that's in the gospel, Lord. We thank you for equipping us and raising us up for such a time as this and sending us out, Father. I speak life and healing and blessing over your people right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. I thank you, Father, for making us the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower, God. We bless you. We thank you for blessing us according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are dismissed.